0: if you want to join us sign up at slash 5 day
1: If the camera's on me, I can just be here and I don't have to prove to everybody that no. I'm I got this. I'm okay. It's like, no, I'm Chill. I'm enough.
0: If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work. I want to do my life's work. This is the show. This is the show. Don't keep your day job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Thanks to Filter Easy for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Filter Easy is a super convenient subscription service that makes it impossible to forget to change your air filters. Filters arrive at your front door when you need to change them. It's that simple. Get your first order free by visiting FilterEasy.com or calling 1-855-910-EASY. And make sure you use our offer code DREAMJOB. Thanks to Rothys for supporting Don't Keep your Day Job. I love my Rothys and I know you will too. Right now Rothys has an amazing deal for my listeners, free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothys shoe. And trust me, you will not return these. Go to Rothys.com and enter code DreamJob to get your cute shoes with free shipping. Get yourself a pair today, that's Rothys.com, promo code DREAMJOB and get this deal while it lasts. Thanks to Weebly for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Weebly is more than a beautiful website builder. It's an all-in-one platform for artists and entrepreneurs who want to sell their products, build their brand, and create successful online businesses. Go to Weebly.com slash DreamJob to get 15% off your first purchase. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Skillshare is offering Don't Keep Your Day Job listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare for just $0.99. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob to get two months of unlimited access of over 20,000 classes for just $0.99. Hey, guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm so happy you're here. And I just want to tell you that tomorrow is my birthday. June 19th is the day I was born. And I really can't think of a greater gift than having the show and having the opportunity that I've had to meet all of you You give me so much joy, so much fulfillment, so much purpose. I can't tell you what it means to me to see your notes popping up in my Instagram DMs. I can't tell you what it means to me to see you guys having the courage to go for what it is that you want. And it might mean having to be uncomfortable. And it might mean having to do things that you're mediocre at at first. But if you really, really listen and you get quiet, you know that you're so much more giant. Than you tell yourself most of the time. And I guess that's really what I'm here to do is just to keep reminding you to put what you have in the world. Because I truly believe that you were given something that we all need and I want you to share it. I know I always say this, but I still can't believe that every day I get to wake up and say that this is my job to serve you. And it really is the greatest gift of a lifetime. So thank you for being here. And I know so many of you want this in your own life. You want purpose. You want to connect with other incredible human beings and get paid to do it. And this is something that is attainable. And by the way, that's why I created a new project. It's a course I'm rolling out. Everyone can podcast. It's a six-month mentorship about how you can make a podcast if that's something you want to do. And you can share things you love with other people. And you might be amazed at what you could create and the beautiful community that might also give you this fulfillment. The podcast course, Everyone Can Podcast, it's open today for enrollment. You have until June 24th at midnight Pacific Standard Time to sign up for the class if you're interested in learning everything you need to know about starting your own podcast. So if you want to start your own podcast, go to everyonecanpodcast.com for more details on the course and you'll learn about what's in it and you'll learn everything you need to know about it. Plus, we have a little bonus for anyone who signs up early, so make sure you don't miss out on that. So yeah, I'm super excited. If you've ever had this thing like, I I want to start a podcast or I have something interesting I think I want to share or somebody even telling me I should start a podcast. Well, this is the course. I'm going to share with you every single thing I know about starting a successful podcast. How did I start a podcast with zero audience, with no email list, with no famous last name, with no sponsors, with no anything? How did I start a podcast and then be able to be in the top 10? And how was I able to be featured by iTunes? And how have I gotten so many successful guests on the show? And how do I interview people who are not in the same city? And how do I know how to do whatever it is that I'm doing? I'm going to share with you whatever I know. And I'm going to help you by the end of the six months, have your own podcast up and running. To get more information, go to everyonecanpodcast.com. Enrollment will be open until midnight, June 24th if this is something that you wanted to do, this is the program, you know, if anyone can help you get out of your own way and inspire you to push past anything that is in the way, um, I will help you with that. But I will also give you the step-by-step tools you need to start recording the show. And it's going to be amazing. And the world truly does need what you have to say. And you'll be amazed at how you will find a tribe of people who really care about what you have to say. So I just told you tomorrow is my birthday and to celebrate, I'm going to be giving away two $75 gift cards to my favorite store, which is Anthropology. So if you follow me on Instagram at Kathy.Heller, you're going to see my post about how you can be entered to win... This raffle I'm doing on two gift cards, uh, $75 each. So go to Instagram, follow me at Kathy.Heller, C-A-T-H-Y.H-E-L-L-E-R. And I'll be celebrating my birthday with all of you, thanking you for your support. And I'll be giving away two gift cards to my favorite store. They are not a sponsor of ours. I'd love them to be. I don't even know if they sponsor podcasts, but I'm just loving that store. So I'm just giving away those two gift cards, because I want to give those cards to you. All right. So today on the show, we have the super cool, very humble and very handsome actor, Matthew Del Negro. You might recognize him from the huge hit shows Scandal, Sopranos, West Wing. And would you believe that even with all those shows on his resume and his reel, he still has heard the word no a lot. Um he talks about rejection and he talks about it on his podcast which is called 10,000 noes. While he had so many noes in his life, he kept putting one foot in front of the other, taking a step and he he's a person who shows us that when you keep going for it and you do the work, other opportunities will come. Just by looking at his body of work and everything he's accomplished so far, it's obvious that things have worked out well. But lately he's making more opportunities for himself spreading the word to make his own impact on the world. So as someone who's fought through all the hustle and self-doubt and rejection of being an actor, he started this new podcast called 10,000 No's to help other people recognize that they're not alone in their struggles and their pain. On his podcast, he has raw conversations with people from all different walks of life, from entrepreneurs and health coach and filmmakers and how they've overcome those critical moments in their life When someone told them they couldn't, when someone told them the word no, but they still found a way to make their dreams a reality. He's super honest and down to earth. I know you guys are going to love him and his podcast, which I highly recommend. But before we get to his story and all the behind the scenes of how he landed these dream roles, let's first say thanks to our sponsors. Changing your air filter probably isn't at the top of your agenda, but you can outsmart your chore list by signing up for Filter Easy. Filter Easy is a super convenient subscription service that makes it impossible to forget to change your AC filters. Filters arrive at your front door when you need to change them, and it's that simple. You can sign up in under five minutes on your computer or your mobile phone. All you need to know is how many filters your home needs and the filter size. For me, this is definitely something that is not on the top of my to-do list, and so I sign up for this. It comes right to my door. My husband just pops it in. It takes like 30 seconds, and we're just breathing breathing in better air, which is great for everybody. With Filter Easy, you don't have to remember to change your AC filters because they do the remembering for you. You'll be doing yourself a favor because routine replacement of home air filters will also greatly improve your indoor air quality. Filter Easy is a convenient subscription service for something you need. It's super practical. It's a no-brainer solution. That's why I subscribe to Filter Easy. And for listeners of this program, you can receive your first order free by visiting FilterEasy.com or calling 1-855-910-EASY or 1-855-910- 3279. Make sure you use our offer code dreamjob sign up today at filtereasy.com to get your first order free. That's filtereasy.com or call 1-855-910-easy. Make sure to use offer code dreamjob. Okay, please welcome the gracious and generous kind soul, Matt Del Negro. Matt, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're such a generous, like special person you really really are.
1: Wow, thank you.
0: You've just been making Huge things happen in your life and we're gonna talk about how that all happens. So okay. we're gonna get into the podcast but before we do let's just sort of bring people up to speed. okay tell us the whole story like <laughs> how did you get to be so cool what, what start, uh, did I did not
1: get to how be so cool there? that's that's the start of that story. I don't <laughs> think I'm so cool but anyway right. in terms of like where it all started from I, w- I was born and raised in Westchester County New York I'm the youngest of three kids played sports. I was pretty into um, athletics my whole life, but I never felt like I was really that good naturally. I felt like I really wanted it. I was passionate. I feel like if you knock me down, I get back up. I had a lot of friends around me that were incredible natural athletes were all american lacrosse players in high school and went on to play at. i i ended up playing uh division one but you know i played at bc we were we were, we were good i mean i had friends that played at uva and duke and, and that kind of thing so i i just felt like i i had like a blue collar mentality or approach to everything or just kind of hustle yep, yep. and and make up for any shortcomings mm-hmm. with hustle and yep. care um, there was
0: like a respect for the work ethic. It was like, yeah, this is part of it
1: That is a good story that I've created for myself. You got to work hard out hustle and everything But I actually think I've clung to that story sometimes to my detriment That like there's there's some belief in me that like if it's not really hard It's you know, anything worthwhile oh. is going to be really hard. Mm. I almost go too far in that direction I always think that your greatest strengths are also your you know your biggest assets or your biggest liabilities and and that that kind of resilience that I think I have i'd like to say I have comes from i think the kind of that immigrant background of my grandparents there's a certain workmanship that I think is really comes in handy and has served me, but I also think there's there's something else that, that can get me to yeah. the next level that I think is is a different approach, slightly yeah, I, different I, approach. I see that. And we've had you people
0: know? on the show who said things like to the extent you think something is possible, that is either your greatest asset or your greatest obstacle.
1: Yeah. yeah. So oh cool. Keep Thank going. You. So you go um, to so, Boston so College, yeah, you're so playing I up, lacrosse. Yeah, I I go to Boston College, I'm playing lacrosse and I went to Italy my sister had given me uh, a journal which like the first couple of entries are like you know today i went to the piazza you know it was like just very boring kind of standard stuff and and i had been going out with someone uh, from bc who was studying in florence and long story short we broke up over there and i kind of like i ended up going to the journal to like i just puked yeah. out a bunch of unsettled thoughts and yeah. everything of like, what am I doing? What path am I on? What am I, you know, I felt like I had created, almost like created a persona at BC that was like, it, it was me, but it wasn't fully me. I remember in that journal was, are like the first seeds of me saying, huh, maybe I want to write. Maybe I want to be an actor. Like, like really out of nowhere. Like it was a really definitive turn. And then once, uh, but I think I was so scared of it too. I was excited, but also scared. Yeah ended up going home and that fall i played fall ball at bc because i just like i fell back into the rut it's like i had this awakening and then i was like no 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 i'm just gonna keep going and it was the end of fall ball running around the field at the end of a practice and i remember distinctly having this thought like i just wish i just roll my ankle and i was like this is crazy you don't want to be doing this you're not on scholarship like you should stop But I'm not because I have it ingrained in myself that I'm not a quitter and all that stuff. That that's hard to do. Ended up going in the coach and I said I'm done. And then for the next like two or three days, I was like, oh shit, what did I do? What did I do? You know, because it's like at the time it was a big deal. It was like my identity. It
0: was your identity, absolutely. So
1: I I didn't play and I wanted to go on spring break. I wanted to just be like a normal college kid. I think. And I ended up, my roommate and I, he had never done a play. We both went out and auditioned for plays. A a month later, I went out for something and I got the lead. Now, when I say I got the lead, it it wasn't even on a stage. It was in a lecture hall at BC. And it was like two nights of performance. So it was, you know very small yeah. wasn't even it's in the respectable, theater program
0: though cuz he wanted to get in there and you it, who did
1: it it literally like my dad says he you know my parents came up to see it my dad said he was in the audience and and he was like oh my god is my son going to like completely embarrass himself here and and I got up and I was totally into it I love the people I literally did that two night performance and I just told everybody I'm going to be an actor and they're like what And I was like, I'm going to be an actor.
0: Oh, my God. It's such a cool story. It's really like just that alone would make like an amazing movie, by the way. I just think it'd be such a because I feel like it's so slice of life. I, I feel like it's a Tony Robbins quote that I read where he's like, the hardest thing for people is to sort of have any sort of like descent away from who they've told themselves they are. We really try to like put labels on and have everything really not be in the unknown. And so it takes tremendous courage to even open up that Pandora's box. And for you like athlete, boss in college, super good looking, great, everybody probably loves you in this role and you're doing it well. You're succeeding in this role. Right. And then to be like, and do I really feel like this is in alignment with myself yeah and then you came back and you totally changed course what planted the seed where was that seed planted did you go to some show well no you know that's
1: that's the thing that i'll say i didn't realize it at the time but when i look back so i grew up playing you know while i played sports i also i played a little piano i played a little guitar and would sing not great, kind of a hack, but I can sing a little bit and I can, you know, self-accompany. It's so fun. Then there was also a youth group in my town. And this guy, Pat Collins, who's a great guy, he's an actor. He did this youth group when I was like ninth grade. He was a successful actor, did, you know, did a lot of TV, did a lot of commercials, a lot of voiceovers. and And he was a really big influence on me because he was like this had a great family, yeah. really cool guy and like you got to go discuss stuff that was going on, you know, as oh, teenagers or whatever. Person. So yeah, it was really it was really cool. So if you think about it, it's like that guy yeah. was an actor. That's yeah. what he did. I, you know, thought he was pretty cool. It's not that crazy, yeah. but and I then, didn't yeah. put that together at the time. Right. I never thought like, "Oh, I'm going to be an actor." I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't even I didn't even think of the that actors were yeah. people. I was so out of the loop. It was never something that was like even on my radar. Right.
0: And we talk about on the show a lot how I feel like the, the opposite of depression is purpose. And I think so many times people are feeling so down because they don't really like what they're doing. And sometimes it's because the thing they really want to do, it was never modeled for them they didn't even think it was like a possibility or since they were eight they were told like no you're good at this people sort of like put themselves in these boxes and they don't necessarily like let themselves sort of explore this thing that's in the blind spot yeah that's just like sort of piquing their curiosity and so i think what you did is something that i would encourage people listening to do it's like try stuff you know like you auditioned for the show and then you were like I am so alive right now
1: Thank God I did it
0: Yeah, no But, it but makes nothing sense.
1: was telling me to do it If anything, it was like Everything was telling me not right, to do it's it it's like, like
0: Everything has to be congruent I have to do everything That's yeah. like sort of in line With this one sliver of myself Yeah I can't wait to hear more of this story. But before we go on, I want to say a quick thanks to one of our sponsors. Why does style have to mean zero comfort? Are you sick of blisters and sore feet from wearing heels all day? Well, let me tell you about Rothies. These Rothies are so adorable. I have these like color block Rothies, and everyone keeps asking me about them. And I say to them, Oh my gosh, not only are they cute and comfortable, but they're made from recycled plastic bottles. People are like, what? I'm like, you seriously. Rothies is the everyday flat for life on the go. It's stylish, classic, comfortable, and comes in three fashionable styles, the flat, the point, and the loafer, and a major added bonus they're machine washable because let's face it, your feet sweat. I love my Rothy's and I know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for my listeners. You can get free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your rothies shoe. And trust me, you will not return them. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com and enter dream job to get your cute shoes and free shipping. It's a no brainer shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and they're also sustainable. Come on and free shipping. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothy's.com promo code DreamJob, Get this deal while it lasts. Um, Okay, so what happened? So then do you come out here?
1: No, no. So then I I graduated. I moved home that summer, Uh, literally lived at home. I worked for a mason, like laying patios over the summer. I did a play in, in Wilton, Connecticut at like a community theater. From there, I met someone in the play who got me a job waiting tables in Connecticut. Then I started taking classes like two nights a week in Manhattan. I would take a train down there and go back, saved up money. And then January first of nineteen ninety-five, I moved into the city. And like I scoured the city and found this rent stabilized place that was like a fifth floor walk up that I stayed in for seven years. And it was I had a roommate, it was a friend from college. We built a wall, we built lofts, so I paid like five hundred bucks a month to live there, which is a huge for your crowd who's listening. This is my one of my biggest takeaways and what I love about your show (laughs) is that Yes, we could talk about the dream, we could talk about following your passion and all that stuff. And that's great and you need that. But what have you set up? Like how have you set up your infrastructure that it so that it could be sustainable? Yeah. And for me, it was that apartment saved me. Yeah. It wasn't sexy, trust me. But 500 bucks a month now I did tons of black box theater that was free I wasn't making any money but then when I get like a legit show it was like 236 dollars a week I used to make more than that in a night bartending so then you'd go to do a play you had to stop working for six or eight weeks or whatever it was so how are you going to sustain that so that you had to live in a cheap place and I don't think people think through that part of it pragmatically like what are you how are you going to do this like how do you pull it off in the real world if you don't have a trust fund
0: yeah we had martha beck on the podcast and she's like oprah's like go-to like life coach and she says you should have eagle vision but take like mouse steps you know yeah and and understand that like it's there's gonna be you know Lots of unsexiness about it and it's gonna be better for you that way because then you won't just crash and burn. I mean, that was seven years that you were in that apartment. Seven
1: years in that apartment. And you did
0: free theater just to get your like chops up. Like just to get Oh, I
1: mean I did mostly free theater. I did student films, I did short films. I don't know that I could do what I used to do back then, which was I was waiting table. I was like working the counter at California Pizza Kitchen. That was like a day shift. I would bartend at this other place, Blackfin, which turned into Turtle Bay. I would basically go through backstage, which is the magazine yeah. you get, you know, and I would I would go through. I mean, it was craziness when I think about it. I would go through and I would circle anything that was right for me. It was like I was my own agent. It was before I had an agent or even when I had an agent, but you still like yeah. weren't getting enough work. Yeah. And I would write... A cover letter. I had kind of a standard cover letter, but I would like tweak it a little bit and send headshots like it was was craziness and I'd send it to like 12 places every week and then out of those maybe you get called in for like one thing that was like a crappy you know, most of them were crappy and then I got lucky one of them turned into something. It was a non-union film that ended up Turning Union and I I was the lead in it and Frank Vincent who was like in Raging Bull and you know he was in Casino and Sopranos and all that he ended up doing it it turned Union he got his buddy to do it who was in Scorsese films as well and all of a sudden I was going to Boston it was called the North End. And I was shooting this, this film that was like, I don't know, six weeks or it was like four weeks. And then we came, we went back and ended up going to Toronto or to Montreal Film Festival, Boston Film Festival, got, it got reviewed in variety and all of that stuff. And it it, it wasn't like, it didn't make my career, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool project. It was just, you know, it was just a shot of, of confidence that I wasn't, that I wasn't completely delusional you know because there are times when you're doing this i mean i feel like there are times present day when i go am i delusional you know it's like it's hard to keep on having that internal belief when for stretches of time there's no external validation of course you're going to be told no for a living so if you go you have to keep the expectations low like it like, I I don't know. Sometimes I hear people talking. They're like, well, I did this and I did this, this and this. And then yeah, I didn't get it. And they're like totally bummed out. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, I don't get like 99 out of 100 things I go in for. Like, that's that's the deal, man. That's reality. You're going to be told no way more than you're told yes. And so if that completely takes the wind out of your sails, then you shouldn't really be doing this.
0: No. Nope. How did you get that, or so early on, like that you were prepared? For that like I know this is going to be a big uphill climb, and I'm I'm ready to do it.
1: I mean, part of it, I think, it's in my DNA. I think part of it is like taught from my parents. I think they're both hard workers, and I think I come from a long line of hard workers. Like I said, the sports analogies uh, yeah. really helped. So I, I think that's what it is. Do you is. feel and then- like
0: you thought to yourself? At a certain point though, if things don't change, I'm gonna go teach history or whatever. I mean, or maybe
1: like- I would have been smarter to do that. There are some times when I like I used to say like if my friend when I really when I first graduated, my friends' fathers would be like, So what what are you doing? Like, what's your backup plan? And I'd be like, I don't have a backup plan. If I had a backup plan, that would mean I think I'm not gonna make it. Yeah. And
0: so you were completely committed.
1: I was completely committed. Yeah. Now that might be kind of seen as noble, and it could also be seen as really naive and really no, stupid. And I, on, on I don't hand. know. I
0: feel like it really makes a tremendous amount of sense. It but, puts
1: it puts pressure on it, but it also is like fire under your ass. Yeah. Like you got to well, yeah. get it done, or you're you you
0: got to burn the boats if you're going to take the island. Yeah. You're really going to make it. You yeah. burn the boat. So the question is, some people really might not be in their zone of genius. Yeah, they just might be hoping and wanting this to be the thing. Do you think that anyone could figure it out and learn how to do it? You know it what? If they I really will say this. It?
1: There are some people that I, you know, y- you look at them and you think like, how did they do it? How do they have the career that they have? That's like this amazing career. And I don't know, I think they believed. And so it, and so it became, there's unfortunately not really an answer. I mean, it's, you have to be talented and you have to show up all the time, and then still, because of the economics of it or the statistics it's like you know there are this many people and there are this many opportunities, opportunities. Yeah. yeah you know so just statistically, the numbers just prove it's really it's like it's like you know pro sports yeah same deal I mean but how- it,
0: maybe it has a lot to do with what you one of your big topics, which is you know just really persevering and maybe it has to do with like, are you willing to tolerate how much of that you're going to have to do? And for you, the answer was yes. Yeah. I'm in. So when did you get your first big
1: break? I mean, I would say the North end was like a a very big break for me. The first one that was like a public big break. And I never say the big break anymore because I think it's actually a series of breaks that add up. But the really most definitive one was The Sopranos. And that was, you know... How did that all happen? It kind of ties back to The North End in a a weird way. I had done The North End. I had become friends with the filmmakers. They had another script for a film that was going to shoot in Italy. And they had me go up and do readings of this. Um, I thought I was basically attached to play the lead when they did it. And as it got closer... Georgianne Walken was their casting director and she really didn't think I was right for that role. And she ended up suggesting another guy to them and I was really pissed off about it. Oh, wow, it's amazing.
0: when um, hindsight, you're like, oh, Yeah, wow. I mean, I was pissed. Yeah, of course.
1: Georgianne casts The Sopranos. Right. I had gone in for The Sopranos many times before the role I ended up getting for a lot smaller roles. And I would go, I'd get called back for the producers, never got it, never got it, never got it. And then this role came in, this audition came in, it was Brian Camarada. he was Edie Falco, you know, Carmelo's cousin, and he's a financial advisor, and, and I remember I was supposed to, you know, bartend the night before, and I could have made 400 bucks, and I was like, I want to be, I want to be...
0: In the zone. I just want to be, yeah, I don't want to so be tired for yeah. this,
1: I gave away my shift, and there's even something to that, of like committing and going, I'm throwing away this money for the chance of something that, you know, I've never gotten this show. Went in... Uh it it went well. Called me back for producers and then my agents were you know, said you're you're the front runner, but they want to see you one last time. And I was like, Oh shit. So I go back for it's that like call back. Like, yeah. So I go back for that callback and I go to sign in and there are only a couple of other actors and they're with like CAA and ICM and I was with a very small agent I loved at the time but but smaller, and I was sitting there like, you know, just kinda like trying to get in the zone to go in and all of a sudden somebody goes by and pats me on the shoulder goes relax kid and I look up and it's David Chase and I was like yeah you relax Dave (laughs) so we go in I went in and and I kind of kept it together kept the nerves in check and, and felt good about it and then I went but still I mean you feel good plenty of times you feel great and like you still don't get it and I, and I went ah, into the, the city. It was like, yeah, it was, I remember going. It was around Christmas time. I could tell you exactly. It was December 20th of 2001. I went into a deli. I got some food. My wife at the time worked in Midtown. And I was going to get her something for, you know, like a Christmas gift. And I was, as I'm walking to go to the place, I listened to my voicemail. And it was Georgianne. And she's like, hey, kiddo. Just want to say thanks for coming in. And I was like, and she goes, you got the part. And I remember just being like, ah, like on, you know, on Fifth Avenue, like, fuck ah, And I went, I got like the bigger size for, I went to my wife's office and like all yeah. of the, you know, they all knew that I was an oh, actor. My God. And it was I like, totally
0: almost just
2: started it was, like, a, it was like, like, I mean, I got
1: teary eyed and it was like, a, there will, ne- I don't know that there will yeah. ever be a moment for me because I'm older and I have a different relationship to the work, and because I have a family now, it's different than it was in my mind at the time. But I don't know there will ever ever be a moment quite like that again.
2: That is awesome. Where it it
1: felt so big. It felt like, holy, this is The Sopranos. This is like, it doesn't get any No, that was the the
0: show. And it just totally,
1: but it's interesting, because it totally changed the game for me. How many
0: years in was that?
1: That was 2001, so that was like seven years in.
0: You and really worked so hard for that phone call. I mean, you paid your dues. It like, was
1: yeah, it was crazy. But th- but even that you no, know, th- and this is what people need to hear. So you think like, oh this god, is this is it. Like I imagined, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm going to be on Letterman and the couch. Like, there's going to be huge movies coming. I-, I shot that. I came out to L.A. for pilot season, and it was like the Jenna Fisher thing. I got. Nothing. I had meetings with everybody. Everybody was like, we love you. Oh, can you sign it? I mean, it was like, I was like, okay, where's my show? And I got nothing. And I rifled through a lot of money, went back, tail between the legs. It mm. wasn't like I was paid that much on Sopranos. I went back and I was bartending after that for like,
0: <gasps> ooh, that's hard. Yeah. That's
2: really hard. For
1: like another, not even just a little period of time, like another year or two. Wow. So you know, and then I came and I got West Wing out here, which was 2005. In between that, there were there were things, but like so, it's not like it's just like that's the great movie moment. The real life version is like, yeah, that happens, and then you're gonna slogging it out again, and then boom, you get another. You know, and then what happens, I think, is that over time, when you start to do that more and more, you get a faith so that when when you're looking into the abyss. You just kinda go, Yep, been here before, gonna stay loose, and the next and the next thing comes and then it comes. But I you gotta be, you know, that. you gotta be like up at the plate to, you know, take a swing. You can't you know, so you, you can't be one or the other. If you're too conservative and you're too defensive, yeah. Yes, you can sustain it, but you're not taking the swings that are gonna make those big leaps. But if you just make big leaps all over the place and you don't think about the day to day then you're going to most likely flame out unless you get really, really, really lucky.
0: I mean, it's so inspiring to hear a person who you're on The Sopranos and the whole world is watching and it's the sexiest, fanciest, most it thing. And then you're bartending and you have the humility to go to work and ask somebody what kind of drink they want. That is huge. Most people cannot do that. Yeah, I feel like in the moment, it must have been like, oof, this is Oh, hard. it's
1: hurt, man. I mean, look, there's a reason I created a podcast called 10,000 Nose. I have been, pardon my French, kicked in the balls a lot. And so th- that podcast is my way of taking the bane of my existence mm-hmm. and instead of acting like it didn't exist, pulling it front and center and going, hey, this is what it is and it's not just me. I'm talking to somebody who climbed Mount Everest. I'm talking to someone who is a Ironman tri- world champion triathlete, a woman who coaches other Olympians. Yeah. I'm talking to entrepreneurs that make hundreds of millions of dollars. They've all done it. It's right. it's the recurring theme. Right. Sometimes actors feel sorry for ourselves, like it's oh true. we got you, we, do you know
2: hear it
0: like that because like, like, oh, I do.
1: Even my parents would be like oh it's you know it's a tough business and I bought into that and it's like well you know what I chose it. You know, and it is a tough business, but every business, so if you want to get to the top, oh if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, that's basically what actors are. They're entrepreneurs, you, are. you know, just you yeah. happen to be your own product, but you're, you know, the marketplace doesn't want you. How do you keep the lights on until they do want you? Or how do you change your product slightly so that, you know. Right, and
0: it's like and if you're going to have to work hard at anything, whether it's real estate or being a teacher or being good at owning a hardware store, you may as well do the thing you love.
1: I mean, I, there was no other reason to put up yeah, with right? what you have to put up with if you don't actually love it. I had a particularly good experience uh, on this show that I just shot on Amazon. It's Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. And oh my God, I think it's a really cool show. It's the way they worked was very collaborative. It was it was very loose, just worked very much the way I like to work. And, and it was, yeah, it was like going to work is, is a joy. Getting to the position where you get to <laughs> you go, to, go work to work is the hard yeah. part.
0: So before we get to a couple more questions, let's take a quick ad break. Thanks to Weebly for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Weebly is the easiest way to create an incredible-looking website. Its e-commerce platform has the tools you need to sell products, create marketing campaigns, tell your brand story, and more. And because Weebly's mission is to help turn people's great ideas into successful online businesses, they built an incredible support team with no scripts, no robots, just a friendly human who can help you do what needs doing. So if you've got a product or idea you want to share with the world, check out Weebly, have your online store up and running in a matter of hours. And because you listen to this podcast, you can visit weebly.com slash and get 15% off your first order. That's weebly.com slash Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, technology, and more. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set or start a side hustle or even just build your own business fully, Skillshare is going to help you learning in 2018 and beyond. So Skillshare is amazing. I recently took a class on productivity, which I'm super interested in. I'm always looking to improve on my life. So it's really convenient, I just go to Skillshare and there's a guide right in front of me who's gonna teach me something. So it's really a great way to be productive with your downtime. You can also look at things like graphic design, hand lettering, you can look at anything from branding any kind of art licensing, you name it, they've got it. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering don't keep your day job listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash dream job. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash dream job to start your two months now. That's skillshare.com slash dream job. So yeah. let's talk because I know people are going to be so upset if we don't talk about it. Um, what it was like for you to work on Scandal and if oh, you yeah. enjoyed that experience and what your favorite parts were. And, yeah. Like, all I that mean, that, and how that, that job came into your life. Oh, and-
1: my God. That was like, I had come off of a really nice stretch of work. I had just done this film with Reese Witherspoon and Sophia Vergara, Hot Pursuit. And I had done just like two scenes in a pilot with Katherine Heigl, had this amazing experience. It was really good. And I'm not sure what happened, but basically I get a call from my agents. They're shaking up the whole cast of, you know, that other pilot and you're out. And I was like, what? What? I mean, I thought it could not have gone any better, but... For whatever reason, all of a sudden, I found myself now coming at the end of the stretch, about to finish this thing, and I had no next job. So I was in New York with my family. So I was like taking a train into the city and auditioning for things. I was like, what's my next gig going to be? And I really was going, holy crap, like what's next? I have no idea. And I literally got a call on the beach and they said, Scandal wants to offer you this role. And I don't get a ton of offers. I get right. them time to time, that's but amazing. and I really didn't know Scandal at all. It was a huge show. I had no idea, and I was like, "Oh, cool. That's that's Shonda Rhimes, right? She does Grey's Anatomy. That that's how naive <laughs> I was. Just so dumb." And they're like, yeah, I'm like, I think that's kind of like a, a pretty big hit for them. And like, you know, I came to find out how huge of a hit oh it was. Oh, my is. God. So anyway, I said, what's, you know, they said it's just recurring. I didn't know how long it was going to be. And I said, what's the role? And they said, they're very under wraps about it. They're not even telling us they're going to send you the material. So I go, okay. So cool. I go, cool. Well, just send it to me. So we get the kids off the beach. We go, we shower, we get in the car. And, we, and all of a sudden, it's like, ding, on my phone. And so I have my wife. I'm like, oh, just open that and read the sides and it's like i'm driving and the kids are in the back and it's she's like you know interior hotel bar night you know cyrus orders a drink you know like michael cyrus michael now i don't know who any of the characters are i don't know what cyrus means and it just it goes cyrus michael cyrus and i go oh fuck and she goes what and i go I have a feeling I know where this is going. And she's like, what? And then she goes, smash cut to hotel room, you know, night, like they're like making out. And I was like, yep, I'm like, I knew that was coming. So I'm like, wow, I get cast as a gay male prostitute. And I remember I called, I called my reps back and they said, well, what do you think? Is it risky? And I said, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm an actor and I'm going in for all of these like, you know, cops and lawyers and doctors and, Thousands of people, thousands of guys that look like me do the same thing. We, we could all do this. I said, but you know, a, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people I don't think would have the balls to go there for this role. It was pretty risque. And literally four days later, I was back on the East Coast. I was at the Four Seasons in Westlake Village waxed chest and arms like with jeff perry like in front of i was like (laughs) in my skivvies like nice to meet all of you okay this is crazy and just you know just did it how did you do
0: that first of all you know people would be uncomfortable with many aspects of that even just having to like just robe and actors have to do this all the time and then having to like do this you know it's very out of your comfort zone you know and then, on top of that, you have lights on you and all these people you admire and respect whose approval you want, and they're watching you from, like, three feet away. Like, yeah. I don't know how you...
2: I mean, that's what
1: you're trained to do. It's kind of like, crazy. It's kind of like when people ask, and, it, you know, people say, like, how do you memorize your lines? You're like, well, first of all, it's not about memorizing lines, but I'll always say, what do you do? And they say, I'm a lawyer. I'm like, well, how do you litigate in the court? That seems really hard to me. They're like, well, that's what I do. But that's, like... You know that's where training comes that's in. That's amazing. where all of this comes in, and I think it's just it's a it's a character. Yeah. Now, now those actions of like you know I'm there with jab and I'm shirtless and all this stuff that wasn't so easy. But it's like that's again that's the gig. Yeah. And like so, what do you find in your scene partner that you you know how do you connect with them? And then I feel like the writers really yeah, played to also what we incredible,
0: did. Incredible though, when you go back and think about how convincing.
1: Well, it you know is. what you, you know what so I was really I was really happy about, and I don't know if Shonda had this, if this was already in the mix. But my my kind of game plan with that was the first episode you see me with him, I hit on him at a bar, we go upstairs, all the stuff, and then you see me pay Portia de Rossi or or get paid by her, and you realize I'm getting dirt on him. I'm being paid to get yeah, dirt yeah, yeah. on him. So my thought was, okay, I am not going to play this with a twirled mustache where I seem like this evil conniving guy. Yeah. I am going to connect with this person in the most vulnerable, open way I can. And then the writers are either going to s- decide that I'm, I'm the most incredible spy in the world, or I'm falling for this guy. And that's what Ooh, they ended up doing. So and they ended up doing that yeah. throughout the whole thing where we ended up getting married and then it kind of changed, but it, but what was cool about that was the fans are so rabid and oh love that my show God. so never, much. I've
2: never seen them like it.
1: They they really responded like the the um there was a beautifully written episode where we get married in the yeah. White House and there's a whole thing about like I was disowned by my parents and and you realize this guy that they originally set out to be this like when Michael came on the scene, you're like, Oh, he's you know, he's this Prostitute. He's doing this. He's getting his MBA. He's all put together. He's wearing a nice suit. And by the time you get there, you realize he's this like broken, unravelled yeah. mess of a guy. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting what they did with that character. You it know? really is. And it's people so really in the community, I feel like, really responded to. Like a lot of people on Twitter and yeah. all that said to me like that that felt like my story. And thank you for telling it. And I was like, oh wow, you know. I'm not curing cancer here as an actor, but that's pretty cool that people are seeing something that I've done and feeling more understood. So it made me realize their plight more than I probably did before. And I also hopefully I think I brought an aspect of myself to that, which is like, you know, the whole thing of facade versus inner reality, which is what we talked about You know at bc there's this i mean it's it's not that much different yeah identity what it looks like from the outside what's really the the truth on the inside
0: and did you have a little bit of your own personal like there's still part of me that's like this jock from bc and some people i know are gonna watch this and i'm gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable or were you like (laughs) i'm good it's cool. I don't care what people think. No,
1: definitely. There's I I can
0: imagine that it'd be a little bit like, that's a little, well, there are times
1: when I'm like at, you know, my kids drop off at school or I meet someone. They're like, Oh, I know you. I'm like, Oh, what do you know from their like scandal? And you're like, okay, (laughs) so you've seen me do some things, you know? (laughs) All right, let's go. You know? Um, I mean, there's a funny, funny story about that with last summer, as I had been kind of prepping the podcast but couldn't pull the trigger because I was just too afraid to Mm -hmm. be quite honest I was in Italy with my my whole family and I was on a walk with my brother and my sister and and I'm like talking about the podcast I want to do it but blah 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 blah. my brother's like well what's the deal like just why why are you not doing it just do it and I was like ah you know I kind of feel like I'm a little scared to really just like put myself out there and put my voice and he's like you made out with a dude in front of millions of people. Like you're scared to do a podcast. And I was like, it's different. That's a character that I'm playing. And there's, there's a, right. there's a writer who created that. this world yeah, and I'm yeah, interpreting. Yeah. Right. I said, the podcast is me putting myself yeah. out there as yeah. me. Same with writing.
0: Yeah. It's much more exposed. It's, this is it's like my, my inner world versus I'm playing this part. But I do
1: think you are also as an, as an actor, you are. It has to cost you something yeah. for people to respond to it. Yeah. You know, I've never, I mean, this is kind of, again, greatest asset, greatest liability. I've never been parked on a show for like seven years. Um, there's something really nice about that for your family yeah, it's to, stability. you know, want, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's stability. And I've kind of not really had that. I've been, you know, but but I've been able to play these kind of, Cool roles on really cool shows. It's like Sopranos. The West Wing was great. United States of Terror, which is a show in Showtime with Tony Collette, was really cool. Scandal was that way. You know, I've been lucky. Yeah,
0: it's incredible. It's
1: kind of fun to see like, that you're able to play this guy. It was like a good guy over here. This guy was kind of shady. This guy was really intense. This guy was a a little softer.
0: Well, I said it when we first sat down that what comes out of you. You're so sweet. You're so humble. You're so generous. And I feel like you are here for whatever the work needs. It's sort of like, I want to be great and I want to show up for the writer. I want to show up for the director. It's like, you know, I think this is what people feel when you walk into a room and what people love about you, but it's very unusual in general with my own friends and people I know in their work with their songwriting, with their acting, with their screenplays. It's like, No, but I want to do this. It's like, I get that. So do you just want to do that the way you want to do it? Or do you want to tell the story that someone else wants to tell? Um, And I think it's not necessarily always the case, especially with artists. Because it's like, well, here's what I want to paint.
1: But see, that's funny you say that. Because I almost feel like that's built into the art form. If I'm playing this character, it's got to be in service of the character and in service of the writer's vision. As an actor, I'm an interpreter who also can, you know, I can put spin on it, right. but I am really there to serve the greater story. There's a book I always recommend uh, by Sidney Lumet called Making Movies. And he talks at the end of every chapter, he's like, and we were all making the same movie. And his whole point is like, he wants people that are around that are all contributing. And they're all bringing their gift to the table. Yeah. And he's going to give them full allowance to bring their gift. And, and so that's what you're doing. You're serving it up. You know. On the other hand, I've been kind of this closet writer for a long time. And I'm finally going, like, I've helped other people with their films. I've helped, like, written on them or helped direct them or all, develop them. And I'm finally now going, like, it's time... For me to make my own movie. So I, I have just literally just completed a first draft of, that's of something so that's been exciting. like kicking in my head since like 2012 as this so character. Cool. I'm, I'm excited about it, but I have so much further to go it's with really, it. Really but I, I think I think that is I really want to be able to be in a position to give myself an opportunity that nobody else is going to give me and to test my leadership. And, you know, can I pull this off? Can I do this and tell a story that I want to tell, play a character that I want to play, create this world. And so that, you know, I'm serving that story and then I'm hiring other people to help serve my story as well.
0: What do you feel like is your advice to people? Let's just talk to actors for a second. What's your advice for nailing an audition? How to put your best foot forward let's start with one thing
1: i have been at my best when i'm very prepared Um, i have a plan going in but i make it my my top priority is to connect with the reader connect with the people in the Mm -hmm. room and not take my vision of it too seriously not hold on too tight It's really hard to do. I mean, it's really hard to do, especially when you need a job, when you want the job. It's very hard to do. But when it goes well, you know it. You're just, you're flying without a net. And it's one of the things that keeps you coming back to this. That said, I have had auditions that were way less than that, where I got the job somehow. I'm like, really? They want, (laughs) they're hiring me. And I've had ones that were like that, where I felt like, I mean, how do I not get this? And then I don't get it. Or I don't even hear from them again. Right. So it's that that feeling that you had. It's sometimes it could get kicked out of you if, if you do that and you don't get results. But you have to know, like, if you're in that sweet spot, I think you're doing something right. And eventually, it's kind of this faith, again, that, like, you're going to get the right one. You're going to get the one that... You're supposed to get Now to, that yeah. might be Some bullshit That no, I'm telling but myself like But that's true. that. If that's how I justify it That's how I do it yeah. And it keeps me going The Soprano story From before What's Interesting about that Was nine months Prior to that I had gone in Like I said I really needed a gig I was bartending And everything And I went in For a soap opera I went in And It went well I went back 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 And it was like Seven rounds in I was on their set in Brooklyn, and it was, like, actually doing it on their set. And I was prepared, and it was me and two other guys, and I felt like I was nervous, but I kept it in check. I felt really good about it. I thought, definitely, I'm going to get it. And, like, two days later, I get the call, not getting it. You know, like, that's it. And I was like, fuck. Like, I went through all of these hoops. Nobody cared. Like, I'm back to square one. So frustrating. I, I get nothing. There's no consolation prize, nothing. And I was just like, it wasn't like that was my dream job, but it was a job. It was like a contract. But the silver lining in that story, and this is for anybody who's listening, is like, look what happened nine months later. Sopranos. For me, personally, I go, I probably would have made more money on that soap. But over the years, I don't know, because how many jobs have I gotten because of Sopranos? You know what I mean? I go, thank God I didn't get that job. I couldn't have seen that the day that I got the call I wasn't getting it but thank God because Sopranos put me in a different pool like when I got West Wing I was like four episodes into it and they're like what was it like working with Gandolfini and you're like oh you knew that and they're like yeah of course we knew that and you realize oh that helped I worked with Ivan Reitman and he's like "All right, Mr. Bada Bing get over here and I was like Ivan Reitman has seen me work like of course I, I was like working with him but I couldn't believe that he actually saw me but I was like oh yeah everybody watches sopranos so that that show yeah. was so much better for me to get but somebody else might have just folded after oh, the yeah. the soap thing because it was such a process to get right. to there and then it was just like the the you know the floor was pulled so, out
0: so so what do you feel like you do when you feel like then you know you're ready to fold you just keep going
1: i think reframe so that it feels like whatever that big setback was was actually just an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and then take your next step
0: so let's talk about this podcast you wanted to start this podcast because you've been saying like you want people to have what why do this podcast
1: part of it is i am so sick of waiting for other people to hire me before i can actually give of myself that i wanted to give myself an opportunity to have an impact or share or whatever on my timetable that was part of it that's great and then the gist of it was really i know how tough it's been for me and so i really just want to help other people who are either you know there are tons of people out there they're they're at a job that they're not really psyched about they have this other dream. It's, it's why I like yours so much. They have this other idea or this dream, but they think like, I can't do it. And they're too scared and yeah. they won't even take the step. So it's to encourage them. But then it's also the people that did take the step. That's almost like where my, it's like people that took the step, they took the leap. They had the balls to leave that job. They did it. They're on the path. And now they're going like, this is a lot tougher than I realized it was going to be. And and hopefully yep. you listen to these conversations I'm having with all these people and you realize I'm not alone. This person went through it. Matt went through it. You know, th- this other person was diagnosed with cancer out of the blue. That's way worse than what I have. What, how do I, you know, it's just, it's encouragement and inspiration. Yeah. And it's in the form of like a... A conversation like this—that's just that you're just a fly on the wall in this kind of very natural, raw conversation that ends up being about how this person got to be where they are and what they've kind of learned along the way, and any—it's along the lines of this. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's as our fully. Our
0: listeners would love it.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm along those lines. I think it's right now. It's just the conversations, and hopefully. People being able to hear someone like Mark Duplass talk about how he got around the system and like created this little empire.
2: Yep.
1: There's a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: feel like um, everybody compares their behind the scenes mess to people's highlight reels and they don't realize, like, I always say, like, for everything in my life that's worked out, there's been like eight things that the door is closed. It's like we want to have this perception out there that everything's just like so smooth and.
1: That That's was well BS. that was also one of the one of the, the the things that spurred me to do it was people ask you you know like well on hot pursuit they did like the uh, the EPK where uh-huh. they interview you behind the scenes uh-huh. and they're like so why did you do this you know take this role And it's like, well, I felt that the character was, it's like, no, motherfucker, they offered me the job and I needed it. Like, like, that's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, you know, we could get so nobody wants to say that, but it's like, I finally feel like I ripped off the bandaid and I'm like, yeah, I'm very lucky. It's also really hard. And like, this is the deal. It's awesome.
0: And it's so refreshing. And I can't believe there's not more of it since I'm sure everybody that you've worked with even these huge celebrities, I'm sure they go through periods where they're like, the phone's not ringing or like this project didn't work. No. Um, so, so cool of you to sort of like open that up. And then you've brought all these really interesting people on to really go behind the scenes and talk about what's real. And people feel so alone Yeah. and it makes people feel like you're not, you're not alone. That's so- the
1: hope. And you talked about it before we, we sat down, which is like this thing of like, I am not enough. That's a huge thing. I I mentioned Kim Gillingham, uh, acting coach. She's great. That was her big thing. And it's like the biggest thing that I'll tell younger actors. It's that feeling of I am not enough leads to bad acting. It leads to overacting. It leads to overcompensating because you don't think like if the camera's on me, I can just be here and I can allow myself to be. And I don't have to prove to everybody that mm. I'm. I got this. I'm okay. It's like, no, I'm. Chill. I'm enough. You know. And it's hard. <laughs> I mean, way easier said than done. And and the great actors. That's what they do. That we all respond to. That looks so easy. They make yeah. it look so effortless. It's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: So where can people find you? What's next?
1: Um. Goliath, as we said, June 15th, um, that will be available for streaming and in terms of like social media and all yeah. of that.
0: And the podcast. Yeah, the,
1: the podcast is called 10,000 Nose. You could find it on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, there's a website, 10,000nose.com. It's one It's 0 0 0 0 The Instagram, which is where I feel like I'm most active right now, is at Maddie Dell, M a t t y d e l Twitter is at Matthew Del Negro. We'll
0: put links to all, all of, this of that in the stuff. show notes, but it's yeah. good for you to say it. Yeah.
1: Um, Facebook is the same. I'm a moron on Facebook, so <laughs> don't don't expect too much there. <laughs> and I think that's it. I'm trying to think. All right,
0: of... cool. Well, as you're kind of signing off, like you know, somebody's right now listening in their car. They're in their, you know, on the way to the gym, and they're just kind of like, I'm so inspired right now. I want so much to get to have my business go off the ground or to be able to be an actor or whatever the thing is I'm struggling with. Like, what do you want to say to that person?
1: I guess I would say it's great that you're inspired and excited. Take a deep breath. Rome wasn't built in a day and just take the next step. And you'll be shocked who comes out of the woodwork to help you,
2: Mm.
1: but you have to take the steps.
0: That's really good. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me. You are awesome. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh, so much fun. So inspiring. And he's so cute, you guys. I'm sitting here with him right now. He's, He's as cute in person as he is on TV. Now, here are some of the takeaways. Number one, sometimes our biggest assets are our biggest liabilities. Number two, follow your gut when it tells you to quit something that doesn't feel right. Number three, set up a sustainable infrastructure so you can take the dream opportunities even if they don't pay well. Number four, don't blame the business. You chose it. Every business is a tough business. Number five, you will be told no for a living, but build faith that another chance will come. And when it comes, be prepared to show up at the plate. Number six, give yourself the opportunity that no one else will give you. Challenge yourself and ask yourself, can I pull this off? Number seven, whether you're going into an audition or you're pitching your product, prepare. Have a vision, but don't hold on to it too tight. Make it your goal to connect with the people in the room. Number eight, reframe each setback as an opportunity to learn and then keep moving forward. Number nine, the greatest actors know that they are enough. Remind yourself that you are enough too. And number 10, take a deep breath. Take one step. People will come out to help you, but it's up to you to take those first steps. You guys, the thing that I'm really doing here by doing this podcast, I'm helping you with the greatest fight of your life. And the greatest fight of your life is between you and yourself. There's a voice inside of you that knows you are so much bigger, so much more capable than you give yourself credit for most of the time. And then there are these other voices that get a lot more airtime, and they like to tell you that you can't or that you shouldn't even bother because it'll be too big of a disappointment to even try. But you know that once in a while you get that click and the clarity hits you like a wave. And you know that you were born to do something truly amazing. And I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can do that. You might have to be uncomfortable, you might have to not be perfect, but you have so much inside of you. Don't sit it out. Don't stay safe because you're too afraid that you might feel foolish or you might get rejected or you might not be perfect right away. I want you to hear these stories week after week and be reminded that these are really the stories of the heroes that lie within each one of us. And you have so much to offer this world and you are going to be so grateful that you push forward because when you do, you're going to inspire other people that they have the courage to go for what they want. And maybe somebody told you when you were younger that you couldn't do it. And I know I had those people telling it to me. And you know what? I used to say to myself, oh, I wish they would just tell me again because nothing fuels me more than when someone tells me I can't do something. I'm like, oh yeah? Well, watch me. I'm going to prove you wrong. You guys have so much in you. You haven't scratched the surface of how many brilliant, incredible things are within you. So you just need to be reminded sometimes because unfortunately, those other voices have been given too much screen time. Okay. And so it's time for something I love doing, which is sharing your wins. Thank you so, so much for sending me your stories through Instagram and Facebook and sharing with me how this podcast is changing your life. This really means the world to me. So Eleanor messaged me on Instagram. and She said, hey, Kathy. Just letting you know that I'm going to be holding my first two modern calligraphy workshops this weekend in Ireland and another later in June. Listening to your podcast has totally helped me to keep forging on to take the next step out of my comfort zone and towards my dreams. And most of all, to never give up. Thank you for your energy, encouragement, and belief. Love, Eleanor. Eleanor, thank you. That's incredible. I'm so proud of you for getting out of that comfort zone and just taking a chance and seeing where that leads you. You guys go check out her amazing calligraphy at Eleanor Curtain Art on Instagram. And she does absolutely gorgeous work. You guys are going to love. Keep sending over your wins either on Instagram. I'm at Kathy.Heller or post them at our Don't Keep Your Digit Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of you. Please, if you love this show, share it with someone you think would be inspired by it. That would be the best birthday gift ever. And go ahead and leave us an iTunes review. Follow me on Instagram and you can enter my birthday giveaway. If you're interested in the course, enrollment is open today. It's called Everyone Can Podcast. You can go to everyonecanpodcast.com to learn more and you can join me for the next six months so that you can have your own podcast. It's going to be super cool. I'm rooting for you. You guys mean the world to me. And um, I'll talk to you next week. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. When your car won't start,
2: when you broke your heart, the lights all turn to red. When you pay the cost, when your dream gets lost, spinning circles in your head.